What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand New Show. As you know, I am Brand New, and like always on all podcast platforms everywhere, Brand New Show. Social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, Brand New Show. And of course, just want to see the visual, simple. YouTube channel, Brand New Show, man. Uh, hit the notification button if you already subscribed. If not, subscribe, hit the notification button, hit the likes, comment, man, do it all, man. Hopefully, I know I'll probably get some some people who are going to probably comment on this episode. Um, anyway, uh, this is officially um, season 10. You know me, man. It's time to get back into it, man. So tonight's episode is wrestling life. But usually when I do wrestling life, it's always, you know, some breaking stories and some crazy shit like that. But um, before I get into tonight's episode and what it's about, uh, I want to talk about this. So, pretty much, um, so, reports have been coming out for the last, I don't know, couple of months, I would say, um, but more importantly, the last couple of days, that uh, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, is coming back to WWE. Now, last night, the news broke that Sasha Banks is not coming back to WWE. And the WWE sources believe she's going to go somewhere else eventually. And she's going to end up somewhere else now. I don't know if AEW would have paid her literally since last night to show up when they have really no creative plans for her. New Japan Wrestling has already said she can, you know, they they haven't really resigned her. So the only two logical thoughts is like TNA, which I can see TNA definitely paying her. That would be a definitely a big pop. Uh, Trinity, Naomi, a former teammate, is in TNA. She's the TNA Knockouts Champion. I think it's still Knockouts Champion in TNA. So I can easily see her going to TNA. But I also saw this bullshit when CM Punk was rumored to be coming to WWE. And they literally said midway through that was like, well, the conversations broke down. And CM Punk is going to go somewhere else. And WWE's not really interested in him. And they're not going to bring him back. And Yeah, we've seen this already. I've seen this already. I know how this is already going to go. Now, if she pops up in TNA, then great for her. I'm, I'm still going to be a fan. I'm still going to. It's kind of hard to watch TNA nowadays because I don't know what fucking channel it's on. But um, but that would be great for her. But I do believe she's going back to WWE. There's no way in hell she sees the creative renaissance for not just the wrestlers, but for the programming. And not think she can go to WWE and immediately become one of the biggest women in the goddamn company. Plus, on top of that, Charlotte is out. She got injured. So, if you're WWE, and what I've been thinking, the narrative would be, is WrestleMania. Bailey fights EO for the Women's Championship, but who the fuck fights Damage Control? EO Sky, Dakota Kai. Uh, I mean, not EO Sky. But who fights uh, Oscar, Kyrie Singh, and um, and Dakota Kai at WrestleMania? If Dakota is clear, and I think she's gonna be clear by the time WrestleMania rolls around, 
who's going to fight her? Because definitely Bianca's going to be there. And maybe Jay Cargill comes back. Jay Cargill finally gets her chance at WrestleMania. And who they who they going to team with? Because Charlotte is now going. I can definitely see a six women's tag match at WrestleMania. But it's got to have another woman. And clearly Sasha would be the perfect person to come in with a Jade and with a Bianca and help them. And... You know, I think a lot of people have always said, you know, that the storyline that they are trying to tell is damage control, uh, breaking off of Bailey. And, you know, I got a chance to go to uh, the WWE live event uh, Thursday night here in uh, Houston. And it was fun. I'm not going to lie. Um, first match was literally the WWE Women's Championship match between EO Sky and, and Shotzi. Um, and then, you know, damage control did damage control shit, and then Bianca came out, so, (laughs) but for the most part, man, to, you know, watch how WWE is trying to position this situation, I like it, I think it's a good idea to have people say, you know, oh, EO ain't, you know, Sasha's not coming back, why would she come back to us? Until I saw today, and then literally news broke to just, I was just on X before I got on here, that Kevin Dunn, who has been a writer on for WWE for what, 30 years or so, that he is no longer with WWE. I don't know what happened. Of course, story is going to break at some point later on to, you know, tonight, maybe a little bit more information is going to come out tomorrow morning, something. But if Kevin Dunn's gone, that's pretty much all of Vince McMahon's cronies. As CM Punk said back in the day, uh, that's most of CM. That's more of the Vince McMahon's cronies that are pretty much gone from the backstage area. So there really is no problems there. Kevin Dunn's gone now. Vince is clearly gone, and he's not in creative anymore. John Laurinaitis this is not there anymore too. And all three of those men had problems with who? Sasha Banks. And made it their mission to try to make her into the enemy and the bad guy when she decided to leave the company. So for the most part, the fact that there is now pretty much no no real reason for Sasha not to come back, outside of maybe money, but there's no real reason. Creatively, Triple H is the booker. Like, so... You're not going to be put into a bullshit position. You're going to come back and you know how much Triple H loves you. It's going to be a thing that's going to make you some somewhere relevant immediately back into the company. So I just, I'm just, you know, I think she's coming back. I don't know when. Maybe, maybe Royal Rumble. I would love to see her pop up in a Royal Rumble, be the 30th entrance in the Royal Rumble when everybody thinks it's Jay Cargill or. Becky about to win or Bailey, and then she just pops up. Like, that'd be dope. Um, But we still, like I said, anything can happen. It's wrestling. You know, somebody can feel some type of way and be like, ah, nah, I can't go back there because of da-da-da-da. But if this is true, and also if this is also true that a dry day is probably going, which that seems more relevant, that he's going to probably leave. He's leaving AEW tonight, and his contract, I think, ends maybe tonight, if it does end tonight. 
which means I don't think he has a 30-day complete cause because of it. it's already inspired by, you know, New Year's Day. And he doesn't really have to worry about a non-complete cause because it's already fucking expired. So I can definitely see him back on Raw or SmackDown this week. It can happen. I mean, his wife is Charlotte. It can happen. Or he pops up in a Raw Rumble, which I wouldn't be surprised by that either. But that was some wrestling talk I had to do before I got into this. So tonight, I am doing my top 10 list. Now tonight, it's a particular top 10 list because it's not just any top 10 list. I am picking one wrestler, and I am picking my favorite matches from this wrestler. Now, when I thought about this, and I was like, man, there's a lot of people I could pick. But let's be real. There's only one wrestler I could start with. He is the leader. Of the C Nation. Oh yeah. He is. The face. That runs the place. He is. The doctor of thugonomics. He is. The. You can't see me man. He is. John Cena. John Cena is one of the best. Wrestlers. I know people, when you hear that, you immediately lose your thought process. Like, what? John Cena, the best wrestler? John Cena, for what he has accomplished, from where he went to where he has become, from where he comes from to where he's become in wrestling, is probably the greatest thing on the planet. Like, I've never seen, you know, a wrestler like John Cena. And, 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 and that was a time period where that was really a conversation of, it was a conversation of um, who will be the face of wrestling, you know, after Stone Cold and The Rock, Triple H, all these guys like kind of leave a little bit. It was Randy Orton, it was Batista, it was John Cena, it was Edge. It was a lot of it was a lot of people, but he emerged as the face of the company. And with that being said, a lot of people hated him. Now, when everybody started to hate on John Cena, I loved him even more because I'm like, why are y'all hating on this shit? It's the funniest shit. Now that you look back now at his career and you're like, all y'all that was hating on him, y'all literally love him now. What the fuck was the point of being mad at him? It didn't make any, make any sense. But let's get into it. So tonight, like I said, I am naming my 10 favorite John Cena matches. Now, here's the thing. Just because they're my 10 favorite matches doesn't mean John Cena had to win in all these goddamn matches. They just might be the greatest matches he's ever had and he might have put on that I've ever seen. So let me get that cleared out the way right out the gate. Let's get that out the way. All right. Y'all know I do my top 10 list. I start from 10, go all the way up to 1. So let's get into it. My top 10 John Cena matches. Let's get into it. Coming in at number 10. Been debating this. I'm not going to lie. Kind of been debating this. Trying to see how I wanted to do this. So I do it like this. At number 10, if they would have just left it at that WrestleMania, this would be so much more respected and loved. But here we go. At number 10, John Cena versus The Rock. The first encounter, 
WrestleMania 30, uh, WrestleMania 28, Miami, Florida. Let's get into it. A lot of people might not like this match because of, again, like I said, they did it again, which didn't make any fucking sense, but that was a money grab, and it's Vince McMahon. So the money grab. But if they would have just left it at this WrestleMania, it would have been great. It would have been great. And here's the difference between this match and this storyline compared to Cody and Roman storyline. Cody and Roman storyline is completely fucking different. And that's kind of what this, the the, the Cody and Roman storyline is kind of embodying. It's it's embodying how this storyline was. John Cena loses to The Rock at WrestleMania 28. So for the entire year, he's been trying to like build himself back up, trying to keep himself, you know, in the conversation, in the picture. The problem with this is, and the same thing I said about Cody Rhodes, when Cody Rhodes, uh, when I did my top 10 wrestlers for the year, and I said Cody Rhodes is kind of like the John Cena shit, where it was like, well, with John Cena, John Cena literally lost every fucking match he was in, damn near, for a good bit of time. Cody Rhodes, I don't think, has lost that many matches. In 2023, I cannot recall that many matches Cody Rhodes lost in 2023. The, the Judgment Day match, Roman match, after the Roman match, I can't really recall. He lost the Brock Lesnar match at Crown Jewel. Wasn't the Crown Jewel, United Champions. He lost the tag team titles to the Judgment Day. That's it. He only lost like two fucking matches after the Roman Reigns match. That's it. Um, but going into this situation, John Cena and The Rock, John Cena was right the entire time. Everything John Cena said about The Rock was 100% true. The Rock just walked back in, took the damn WrestleMania match away from, you know, people that really deserve to be in that conversation. I mean, for a lot of people, they would easily say, you know, The Rock should never replace CM Punk in that conversation. You know, it's like... But it's true. All the shit John Cena said about The Rock was 100% true. The Rock will come and leave when I'm actually physically here every fucking week, busting my ass for these fans, and then y'all want to cheer these this motherfucker when he's a part-timer. This man does not give a fuck. He was going to be here for a limited amount of time. He's going to dip. He's going to go do his movies, and he's going to come back. Y'all going to give him the biggest hero celebration. Like he's, like, he's earned it for what he did in the past. Not for what the fuck I am physically doing every fucking week. And that is his, he was, he was right. The match is actually really good. And I know people will sit there and think I'm crazy for saying that that match is really good. It's really fucking good. Because it was also the build up to it. It was a year long coronation of how the fuck were we going to make this match happen. The Rock wasn't there all fucking times. He wasn't always there every year uh, for most of that year. So they had to find a way to keep him in the circle, in the loop. The fact that John Cena and him made it happen. Literally, I remember when they announced this shit on that that Raw after WrestleMania 27. I remember that night. I remember watching The Rock screw him out the title at WrestleMania 27. And I was like, oh, John Cena will get him. (laughs) I literally said, oh, John Cena going to get him. And for the first time in a long time with a John Cena match, which is crazy to say, you didn't know who the fuck was going to win. Like, usually with John Cena, you kind of like, okay, John Cena going to win this. Like, 
Like, yeah, such and such probably got a lot of momentum, but they, they're not gonna let this motherfucker win. But the fact that John Cena actually won, John Cena actually was in that match and he didn't win a massive match like that, and John Cena lost. When the fuck has that ever happened? It was a lot of suspense. It was so crazy to build up. And I actually liked the match. I thought it was an amazing match. I remember being like, I got to get this WrestleMania. I got to get this WrestleMania. And I remember buying it. And I remember just sitting in my living room watching Rock and John Cena. And then when the ending happened, I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, I was like, because I remember talking to my sister and I was like, oh, John Cena got this. She's like, nah, I think the Rock going to win. That is crazy. So, yeah, this match is definitely in my top 10 of John Cena matches. I know a lot of people would probably despise it because of the next year's WrestleMania, and that match was nowhere near as good as this one. Because for the first time, you didn't know the fuck was going to win. You didn't. You couldn't imagine a Rock coming back just to lose to John Cena. And you couldn't imagine John Cena, who was actually putting his blood, sweat, and tears every fucking week to lose to the fucking Rock. Like, it was just... It was a crazy-ass match. And it's on Russell, It's on YouTube. You can pull it up, John Cena versus The Rock. I think it's on YouTube. WWE's, I think, uploaded it. But, yeah. So, that is at number 10. Coming in at number 9. From his first, well, second. Second title run with the WWE Championship. Royal Rumble 2007. Last man standing match, John Cena versus Umaga. This match was so damn cool and so damn great that it made me love a last man standing match again. I don't really, like, last man standing matches are great if they're done properly. This was probably the best Last Man Standing match at the time that I I seen in a long time. Outside of maybe Triple H and Shawn Michaels at Royal Rumble 2003, 2004, that that match was probably like the best one. But this one was up there. Obaga at the time was... Didn't really lose. It was like, I think he lost like one match. And that was to John Cena at New Year's Revolution. And John Cena barely beat him in that. He got his ass whooped for most of the goddamn match. And I remember this. And this is another. It, it, it burns in my mind because I remember this Royal Rumble. Because this is like the first Royal Rumble I had, uh, I had bought on pay-per-view. Yeah. I, this is the first Royal Rumble I had watched on pay-per-view. In some years, you know, um, remember being in my apartment. I remember being in my apartment watching this match and being like, "Yo, this shit is crazy." But my guy at that time was an unstoppable fucking force. Imagine like Solo, Solo Sakura, who's with the bloodline. Imagine him, but without any stoppage. <laughs> like they they try to build solo like they build a manga. Not saying solo is not like that. Like he wasn't built like that. But it's it's like nah, manga was different, bro. Like manga was the first. Like he was different, bro. 
His last man standing match was amazing, man. Um, John Cena literally picked up some steel stairs and threw it outside the ring and hit a Maga in the face. Like, yeah. Like, John Cena was bleeding, which this was early 2000s, so you could get away with the blood. Bleeding in the last man standing match. Maga, the, the man, the way the man ends the match is literally the fucking ring post popped off. The fucking, the, like, the top rope pops off because uh, of Estrada, who was, you know, Maga's manager at the time. He pops the top rope off. They try to use it. Instead, John Cena turns into uh, the STF, the STFU. He takes the rope and ties it around his fucking neck and just chokes him out. And pretty much that's how he wins the fucking match. This year was incredible. Like it was like it was fucking amazing, man. One of the best matches at that time in his title run. Like the first time he had the belt in 2006 when he moved to Raw, they didn't really give him any fucking competition. Like top tier competition. That was like Christian and Chris Jericho and shit like that. And they didn't really give him anything to like Edge catching that New Year's Revolution. But then he ran. He went through a run. Then he dropped the belt, and then he got the belt back in the old, and then he kept the belt for a good bit. And then 07 happened uh, against him and the him and the him and Umaga, and it was a incredible match, man. That was a great fucking match, man. Last man standing match, 2007 Royal Rumble for WWE Championship with him and Umaga was incredible. That's at number nine. Coming in at number eight. Now it's getting time to the. It's getting down to the. Good old nitty-gritty, as they would say. Because the next eight fucking matches, I love them all. Like, I love them all. Ah, man. Here we go. Coming in at number eight. Is title for title. John Cena versus Seth Rollins. 2015. SummerSlam. This SummerSlam was marquee as Undertaker versus Brock. It was a year after the, a couple months after the streak had ended. But this match stole it. I think it stole the momentum of that match pers- per- personally. John Cena is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Seth Rollins is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And to see them two go at each other for two titles. The U.S. Championship and the WWE Championship was damn near incredible. And the way it was also built up, like the way it was also continuously built up, the buildup of this match was also really great. You know, it showed the the beginning. It, was, it really showed where the authority kind of, you know, a year ago, John Cena was trying to get the authority out of business and he kind of got him out of the business. And then set kind of do some underhanded tricks to get them back in power. And then Seth won a WWE Championship. And John Cena and Seth were the two main champions pretty much at the time on the damn roster. So to see them clash at SummerSlam for the for both titles was damn near incredible. It was just like, what the fuck? That, you don't see title for title matches that much. Especially not in wrestling companies. So to see two of the biggest name in wrestling... John Cena and a future big name in Seth Rollins, which now is one of the biggest names in wrestling. 
And for John Cena to let Seth Rollins go over was damn near impossible. Like that, that shit was crazy. And this is, and I always say, this is was you know I was always I was already a fan of Seth as a wrestler, but this was the match that made me a Seth Rollins fan. The man just went out there and put on a fucking clinic with John Cena. John Cena and him tore the fucking house down in Brooklyn that night. And there's not that many fucking wrestlers I can sit there and say can overpower John Cena. Like, Seth Rollins, like, caught John Cena off the fucking, caught John Cena off, like, the, uh, off the top rope and, like, turned it into, like, a, 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 a attitude adjustment. Like, it was, it was a crazy fucking match. And it, 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 the ending was what fucked me up. John Stewart should not have been out there. <laughs> like, I was just being honest with you. Um, but yeah, the ending is what fucked me up. But, yeah, John Cena versus Seth Rollins side of a title at SummerSlam 2015. Best, one of the best matches. Um, coming in at number seven. Is. John Cena versus AJ Styles. The last championship that John Cena won. A Royal Rumble 20. Oh shit, 20. I want to say 17. Probably wasn't. Probably 2018 Royal Rumble in the Alamo Dome. 2017, 2018 Royal Rumble. Alamo Dome. Um, this was the last time John Cena. He tied Ric Flair's record. In this match, and it's actually a really good match. John Cena and AJ Styles have a lot of great matches: Money in the Bank, uh, SummerSlam. But this, to me, was the match that really made me feel like, damn, these two dudes like instant fucking chemistry. Like it was like, like goddamn. Um, AJ Styles pretty much to a lot of people it was the first time John Cena actually teased retirement. Um, in his character, as as a character, it was the first time he ever teased retirement after the SummerSlam match, and then he comes back and he fights John uh, AJ and John uh, and John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose, at No Mercy, um, uh, in a triple threat match, and AJ won that, and then at that year's Royal Rumble, he fights, uh, he fights uh, AJ for the title. And it's probably their best match because of the stakes that was on it. And this is kind of the match that, that you thought. This is the match that they kind of thought the John Cena and the Rock match would be. This was actually the better match out of that. It was That is exactly what it was supposed to be. AJ Styles was on the fucking roll. AJ Styles was dominant. And then John Cena comes back to tie the legendary Ric Flair. Title range, and which it goes back to Seth Rollins match. John Stewart coming out and hitting Seth Rollins with uh, hitting John Cena with the steel chair, saying, "I just could not let John Cena tie Ric Flair." Like as a wrestling fan, I couldn't let that happen. Well, in this match is exactly what if you're a wrestling fan, you probably was like, "Damn, I don't want John to tie Ric Flair, but if he ties Ric Flair, it had to be on AJ Styles." And it's exactly what that fucking match was. It was a culmination. Of what the rivalry was. It was the last time them two actually ever fought each other too. It was one on one at least. Because they of course went on one on one. And of course they fought at, you know, uh Elimination Chamber the next pay per view. 
which eventually Bray Wyatt, rest in peace, would win his first WWE championship. But this was the best match you could have asked for. It fucking, it really fucking was. It was the best match you could have asked for. And it put a bow on it. It put a bow on it perfectly. John Cena beats the phenomenal AJ Styles to capture his 16th championship. It had to be somebody that, one, he already had history with, two, that he just never beaten, and three, to have that historic milestone on him to win that match is damn near impossible, and it's probably one of my favorite matches John Cena's ever had, especially with AJ. And that probably was AJ's best match in WWE. A lot of people probably won't ever say that, but that, that was probably his best match in WWE, like, ever. Like, it's been a, yeah, it was probably, yeah, I'll say that. Right. Coming in. All right, number six. Yeah. Six. <laughs> uh, yeah, coming in number six. Just barely missing the top five. John Cena versus RVD One Night Stand. Watching this match again is damn near impossible to see how much they hated John Cena. It's damn near impossible to just feel it. It's like, wow, like, they really don't like this dude. Like, goddamn. The match is also fucking phenomenal. If the match was a dud and they hated the nigga, like, it would be like, all right, that makes sense. But the match is fucking phenomenal. Like, at the beginning of the damn night, it was, they were literally chanting at this man, you can't wrestle. <laughs> at the beginning of the match, they were literally saying, you can't wrestle. And he went out there and put on a fucking classic with RVD. And RVD is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So for John Cena to go out there in ECW and fucking have a ECW style match and actually kind of outperform RVD, that shit don't happen. It don't happen. That was probably his best match at that time in his career. That was top tier excellent. Like, I died incredible match, incredible fucking match, man, and it's one of my favorite matches about John Cena, like I said, that one night stand pay-per-view was crazy into itself, but to see the ending of that match, and then on top of that, just the entire body of work of that match, is probably one of the best matches, if you got Peacock Network, I expect you to go, I will tell you, go watch that match, that is damn near the best match at that time in John Cena's career that he ever had put on. It just misses the top five, but it damn shows on this list. <sighs> Starting the top five is another one of John Cena's rivals. The one, the only, Edge. And this match happened at Unforgiven 2006 in a good old-fashioned TLC match in Toronto, Canada, of all goddamn places. John Cena and Edge are actually better rivals than John Cena and Randy Orton. 
I would say John Cena. I would say Edge is John Cena's best. John Cena's second best rival, and John Cena's Edge's best fucking rival. Like there is nothing that these two men have never haven't done to each other. They 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 are probably the best link of chemistry I've seen in the ring. Edge is such a great. A wrestler and a student of the fucking wrestling game, where and John Cena is raw power, but he can put on some matches, man. And at this time in his career, he kind of needed an edge to give him that that like, despite you not fucking with him, he still put on matches with Edge that were just like, damn, this is really good. Now, I know they have had other matches that a lot of people love more, but this, to me, was my favorite Edge and John Cena match. John Cena going into Edge's hometown, Toronto, Canada, fighting Edge for the WWE Championship. And on top of that, in technically Edge's match, the TLC match, and him beating him, the fact that he chucked his ass over a ladder into, like, like two or three tables, like it's just fucking crazy. Like you threw his ass off of a fucking ladder, and then they hear the backstory of like Edge's mom. John Cena had to literally tell Edge's mom, like, "Yo, it's just you know, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Trust me, he's good." <laughs> like, to see that man, it was it was it was crazy, man. To but this match, he, even hearing Edge say, "You know, John Cena literally like knocked me out." <laughs> like he's like John Cena. Was, like, they hear Ed say, yo, John Cena knocked me out. Like, I was under the ladder. He put me in the SCFU, and the ladder had compressed me, and he was choking me out, and I literally passed the fuck out. Like, just to hear him say that, and to come back and finish that match is damn near impossible, man. So it's one of the best matches John Cena and Edge ever put on, and it's definitely in my top five, man. Coming in at number four, it's probably John Cena's best rival. I know it's not in my top it's not number one, but it's damn sure on my top four, man. And that is John Cena versus CM Punk. Now, a lot of people love the CM Punk and John Cena Money in the Bank match. And you might see that. Just not on this list. I love the match more. Another match that they had a little bit more. And that is John Cena versus CM Punk for the right to go fight The Rock at WrestleMania 29. That match is fucking incredible. When you hear CM Punk literally say, John, he, he asked John Cena, hey, man, listen, what do you want to do next? And John Cena's like, what? Or John Cena asked him, like, what do you want to do? And he was like, I don't know. What you want to do? And he's like, uh, I want to power drive you. And John Cena goes for it. Like, John Cena, like, people don't understand. John Cena had, John Cena had, like, what, neck surgery? People don't understand. Like, John Cena actually had neck surgery from a from a, a Batista bomb in SummerSlam 2000 and, like, and he had neck surgery. People don't know that shit. He had neck or back surgery, something like that. And the fact that this man is like, alright, power drive me. Like, what the fuck? Are you serious? And at that time, in 2013, power drivers was completely out of the fucking blue. Like, that doesn't happen in WWE, ever. So for him to actually say, hey man, go ahead and power drive me, what the fuck? is crazy. Then he also, John Cena does possibly the worst Harry Karana I've ever seen in my life. But it leads to, of course, the, the, AAA, the AA to win him the match. 
one of their, they literally was their last match they ever had. Now, of course, CM Punk is back in WWE. John Cena is semi-retired, but hey, anything is possible. Anything is fucking possible. That'd be funny if he does break the, the Ric Flair record on CM Punk. That'd be some funny shit. But, but yeah, man, that, that that was one of the best matches they had. John Cena, of course, won that match. A lot of people, of course, was like, damn, you know, maybe CM Punk should have, you know, gotten in. And I do believe if they probably would have made it a triple threat match at WrestleMania 29, it would have been better. But CM Punk versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 29, people shit, like, act like that match wasn't one of the best matches of that fucking pay-per-view. CM Punk versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 29 was the best match of WrestleMania. Like, 29. Like, that was the best match of WrestleMania 29. It was better than John Cena and The Rock. It was better than, than, than Triple H and Brock Lesnar. Like, that was the best match of WrestleMania 29. It was CM Punk versus The Undertaker. And if it doesn't happen, be, and it happened because of the fact that John Cena beat him in this match. So, let's not get shit twisted. Right. These next three matches are just personal favorites of mine. I just love these matches so fucking much. And I think John Cena had his best performance since in these fucking matches. Coming in at number three. The night he put over KO. Payback 2015. John Cena versus Kevin Owens. The first ever meeting. NXT at this time was still kind of like an underground thing. Either you really fucked with NXT because you had the WWE uh, app and you just watched NXT, or you just knew who Kevin Owens was from, from, um, from you know NXT, or you watched him on uh, Ring of Honor and all of the years that he was there. But. This match, man, between Kevin Owens and John Cena, which, you know, this match between Kevin Owens and John Cena at Battleground 2015 was possibly the best match to introduce Kevin Owens to the mainstream, to the main roster. And then the fact that John Cena actually put him over is damn near crazy. Like, that shit is crazy. I get it, Kevin Owens is the NXT champion, that's one thing, but the fact that he actually put him over is a whole nother animal, and you saw what Kevin Owens was, you saw it, and John Cena, man, was in this match, and he was, this was probably, at this time in John Cena's career, like I said earlier, with, with the, with the um, 2006 with RVD, at this time in John Cena's career, where he was getting closer and closer to the end, and now where he's at now of being a part-timer, he put on a fucking classic with Kevin Owens. Like, that shit was damn near impossible. And the fact that he put on a classic and he did it so damn effortlessly. And, and Kevin Owens also was just the way Kevin Owens was in this match. They have incredible chemistry too, man. And, and it's rare and it's crazy to not see them also fight anymore. But to see them on uh, last year's end of SmackDown year and them team up, that was pretty dope. <laughs> that was a pretty dope situation. But, um, yeah, this was one of the best matches John Cena had ever in his career. Ever. Coming in at number two is another classic. And that is John Cena versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam 20, what, 13? 
to see John Cena have an affection in his elbow, in, a, in his elbow, and still put on a classic with Daniel Bryan like this, this was the best match. I wish the Authority storyline would have never fucked this up because this was the best match. Daniel Bryan could have asked for the BDWWE champion. Like, this was the perfect fucking match. They went on for like 30 fucking minutes. Like, what, it was like 30-something minutes? And I cannot tell you one moment where I thought John Cena was just better than Daniel Bryan. Or one moment where I thought Daniel Bryan was just better than John Cena. This was the best match you could have asked for for John Cena and Daniel Bryan. They both went out there and delivered Delivered, man. That's something that you rarely see, man. Like I said, the, the, the authority storyline, the authority storyline really fucked this up like they did in 2011 with CM Punk. They really fucked this up. They bundled it. Because it would have just been perfect if just Daniel Bryan would have just won the fucking belt. And left it as is. But no, they had to fuck it up because they knew John Cena was about to be out. And that's understandable. But still, at the same time, it's like, I would have just left it as is. But, you know, that's just me. But this was one of the best John Cena matches probably ever. It's one of the best matches. It's just not the best match John Cena's ever had. Because at number one, John Cena versus Shawn Michaels, the WrestleMania 23 rematch on Monday Night Raw in London. An hour. You tell me you're going to have John Cena versus Shawn Michaels for an hour on TV? All right. I will be there. <laughs> All right, man, I will be there. Especially 2007, John Cena, and 2007, Shawn Michaels. I will be there. I will be there. This I watched the WrestleMania 23 match. I like the WrestleMania 23 match. It's cool, but it's not like this. See, the WrestleMania 23 match was more of a a, a wrestling clinic from Shawn Michaels. And John Cena kind of barely escaped that. This was a fucking wrestling match. Like, this was the best match you could have asked for. John Cena never felt like Sean was just better than him or overpowered him with his wrestling ability. And and John Cena and Sean Mike and John Cena never felt like he could just absolutely dominate Shawn Michaels. This was the best you could have asked for. This was the quintessential perfect goddamn match for both men for an hour you're telling me an hour you're gonna get the best John Cena and the best Shawn Michaels fucking right sign me the fuck up let's do it this was the best John Cena match ever because it showed that John Cena isn't just a bunch of power and all that shit he could actually fucking wrestle and that's something that you at that time, people would sit there and try to shit on him. But at that time, that's what you wanted to see from the WWE champion. And he fucking proved it. And that was the best match I've ever seen John Cena ever have. Point blank period. And it had to be with somebody that could bring that out of him. And who other than Shawn Michaels? Come on, man. Yeah. That is it. That's my top 10 of John Cena matches. So let's go through it again. Number one, John Cena versus Shawn Michaels, the hour-long uh, wrestling match between them two on Monday Night Raw. 2007, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan at uh, SummerSlam 2013 for the WWE Championship. 
John Cena versus Kevin Owens uh, at Battleground 2015. Comes in at number three. Uh, number four is John Cena versus CM Punk, the right to fight The Rock at WrestleMania 29. Uh, number five, John Cena versus Edge, Toronto, Canada, WWE Championship, TLC match. Number six, uh, John Cena versus RVD, uh, one night stand for WWE Championship. Number seven, um, John Cena versus AJ Styles. Uh, the night he tied Ric Flair for 16 championships. Number seven. <laughs> number seven. Uh, number eight. Um, number eight, John Cena versus uh, Seth Rollins, title for title at SummerSlam 2015. Uh, number nine, John Cena versus Umaga. Last man standing match at Royal Rumble 2007. And of course, the last, certainly not least match, is the number 10 spot John Cena versus The Rock. The one, the one, uh, the generation versus generation match at WrestleMania 28. <sighs> the next top 10 list of matches will come from the one, the only, Seth Rollins. Till next time. I am Brian Janu. Hope you guys enjoy this. Peace. Go watch some John Cena matches, goddammit. Peace.